How is everyone doing out there? Welcome back to the Unrecruited Podcast. You've got Jason, Chris, and Vance here again for some more fantasy football fun. If you like the uh, the running backs episode, you will you, well you you might like this uh, wide receiver tight end episode as well. Um, we're gonna just hop right into it. Um, I'm gonna throw it. I'm gonna throw it to Jason and ask. You know, so what are what are your thoughts this year on on wide receiver in, in, in the first round? Well, I think this year is no different than any other year for me. I, I am high on it. I like it. Uh, I will say it does depend where you draft. I'm not just going to be an idiot and, and jump in it right away and start taking wide receivers. But, um, you know, I, I do like taking wide receivers a little bit more. Um, you know, I think that there's, you know, depending on what size league you're in, but on a, you know, a 10 or a 12 teamer. I could see taking, you know, probably four or five in the, the first uh, first so, round. So standard standard PPR, we'll say twelve team league, um, one quarterback. When does the uh, when's the first receiver come off the board? And I and who is it? I mean, I guess I, I, I pretty much know. I, I, you know, I think Michael Thomas <laughs> is the no brainer number one. Um, you know, and I could see I could see taking him as early as three at this point. I mean, right now Kamara's in a little bit of trouble. Uh, and put, could potentially get traded, you know, based on news today. So I, I think that only helps his value. Uh, and, you know, he, he gets the targets, he gets the catches. So I think, you know, at number three, I can see Thomas going easy. So how long does it take you to make that second pick in the two slot? Are you just going Barkley all day or does it take you a while? Do you have to like fight to, to take that running back? Uh, Barkley, it's not as, I won't say I'm as torn on it. Like, I I think McCaffrey, obviously, number one. Barkley, I could, I could argue with Thomas there, but I, I think Barkley just provides a little bit more upside and and more opportunity than Michael Thomas has. So I think you have to do it. You know, can you sway me one way? Sure, absolutely. But, you know, I, I think it's fair. You could take Thomas three. You know, I think when your guys league, he, he went a little bit later. Um, you know, and, and some you know some leagues people are still like, hey, we got to get our running backs. Even in the PPR, we got to make sure our first two picks are running backs. And it's like it's such a uh, an old mentality to it. And I don't mind jumping on on those wide receivers and, and taking two of my first two picks because I see the value there and, and I like what I get. I like the return for what I get on them. You think the RBRB? Back to back is an overrated model. That's the the antiquated old school. Yes, how to win a championship. Yes, it's not. I mean, in our two wide receiver slots. So some leagues that have, if you have three wide receiver slots, I see that wide receiver mattering more. But with two wide receiver slots, I feel like running back is just a scarcity position. So I mean, that's why. Even though I got Thomas first, I lean towards running backs. I just was happy to get him where I got him at effectively number six. Yeah. And, you know, I, I think there's, there's so many opportunities and there's so many pass catching, you know, or, or high target wide receivers out there that, you know, you, you just can have way more upside on some of these guys than, you know, six, seven, eighth ranked, you know, running back where, you know, I guess injury risk is probably the biggest concern for running backs, but then also they don't play all three downs. Whereas, you know, these wide receivers are out there, you know, well above 90% of the snaps. So, you know, take them and, and run with it. And, you know, in, in some of my leagues, I have wide receiver, wide receiver slash tight end, like combo slots, or 
even where you have, you know, an extra tight end or, or a flex that includes a tight end. Tight ends are, are, are solid in a pass catching, you know, uh, a league or a PPR league. You know, back in the day, it was like, okay, yeah, there might be only a couple, but now there's so many tight ends that get get balls and, and multiple tight ends on some of these teams. So I think there's a lot of opportunity for, for pass catchers. So I always forget on the lead in to, you know, to plug anything that has to do with our podcast, but please subscribe wherever you listen, please subscribe if you like what you hear and, uh, and follow us on, uh, on Instagram. What's the, what's our unrecruited uh, what's podcast? Podcast? Unrecruited podcast. Oh, so not a typo. It's not, actually not a typo. Yes. Got you know, it. Okay. Might've might made that once or twice posting it, but no, I think we're good now. You know, follow, follow our you recruited Twitter page that I created, please. <laughs> we're official. We're good. We're we're uh, we're on top of things now. And Twitter is is at unrecruited pod, so that will be more interactions. We're going to post the draft results from Vance and my drafts the other day. We'll post uh, Jason's after he picks receiver, 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 tight end, and then scramble for receiver. running backs. Late in the draft, I think you might go with Leonard Fournette. Probably, um, <laughs> maybe it's been interesting. We, Who knows? He might where, we did it last goes, week. No one knows. I know since we did it last week, now we have guys. Leonard Fournette got released already, so we already had a big free agency pickup. Saw my my, my big bid already. Bucks, a bid. <laughs> we have a, we have a hundred dollars for. Uh, I think most people are familiar with free agency budgets, but we go a hundred dollars for the season. And you can bid whatever you want. Highest bid gets the guy. And Vance got Rickwell Armstead for $36 um, before any games have been played. So congratulations. You you outbid me, that's for sure. Where was your bid at? 20? Zero. Oh, no bid. I bid I got I, I did win my bid, two dollars for Ozigbo, the the other guy. <laughs> yeah, we'll so see. We, that. You got you got thirty six for Armstead. I got a Zigbo for two. I think we know what the better value is there, most likely. But yeah, you know. when 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 your guys just return in kickoffs by week three, sure, <laughs> that's fine. Hey, if you win the league, you we'll come back and we'll play this clip, and you know, I get the pie in the face. Um, I don't think I don't think it's going to matter if I win or not. I think it just is the. And this isn't going to make a difference to me winning or not, or losing. I mean, it could make a difference to me winning, but it's not going to certainly not going to make me lose the league. Um, simply because our league does not really punish you that much for running out of dollars, because you can still make moves. You just can't. You just have no priority. So right, I'm not right. that I'm not that worried about it. What about Chris Thompson? Have we said Chris Thompson? I'm not sure if he got picked up. So we do it if you can pick guys up for free afterwards. Um, but I, I don't know if anybody picked him up. Otherwise, they're going to have to pick him back up. Uh, I guess they can really pick him up at any time. So we'll we'll see what happens. And then also Kamara maybe in trade. I think he'll still be there. But anyway, so who's? Let's go a little bit further in the wide receiver pool. It seems like the top I don't know, say five to ten receivers are all pretty well stated. I mean, maybe you could make an argument for one over the other for Tyree Hill or Devontae Adams or DeAndre Hopkins, Chris Godwin. Uh, after that, I, I don't know. Do you guys have anybody? There's a lot of that are all together. Do you guys have any preferences on someone in the, in those early rounds who you think is going to outperform 
or maybe underperform? I like, uh, you know, I, I like, I think Odell's going to have a good year. I think Baker's going to get in the ball and, and I think he has an opportunity to really bring you, you know, wide receiver one type value with maybe a wide receiver two pick or, you know, later pick. Uh, I also, you know, see uh, Mike Evans dropping a little bit and I kind of like him with, with Brady because um, it's like, uh, you know, uh, Brady Brady's had fun with the big dudes before, so. You know, I think there's an opportunity there. And if you go a little bit deeper, I like uh, A.J. Brown, um, uh, somebody who can probably bring you, you know, t- wide receiver one slash two, like on, on the fringe there um, that you can get, you know, much later. It's probably wide receiver three, wide receiver three value. So, um, you know, definitely some guys there. And, and I, I do think that there's some dogs just based on who are their, their quarterbacks and kind of, we don't really know what to expect from, from them. Someone like a Keenan Allen, um, who, who's been high in PPRs before, you know, was a wide receiver one the past few years and, and just isn't there anymore. Um, and I'll be interested to see how someone like, uh, Stephon Diggs does in Buffalo. I think he's got a good opportunity and, and could probably bring you wide receiver two value with a, with a deep pick. So, uh, definitely some value there. And I, and I feel for myself, like I'm always finding value and I always, We'll take a flyer on a rookie too. Um, but you're already going to have three on your, you know, you're going to have three <laughs> of these top 25 guys on your squad. So it's always, um, it's always good to have them. It's trade bait. So, I mean, I guess the, the guys that, I mean, it's kind of chalk of who I'd pull out of the top 15 and move down is Amari Cooper. Amari Cooper and DJ Moore, I think are the two guys. Yeah. I think are too high. Um, I agree. I agree with Mike Evans. Um, yeah, DJ Moore here at nine. I feel like that's ambitious, even going higher than that in some leagues that I've seen. Um, going before Mike Evans, which I think is a mistake. I agree um, with that. Then, if you look down, like, I mean, I know I just picked this guy, but I think T.Y. Hilton with Rivers is going to be, if he stays healthy, that's going to be pretty a pretty solid, pretty solid play. And then down even further, I do like Michael Gallup. I mean, for the, I guess the op- someone's got to catch balls there, and I think it's going to be him over Amari Cooper this year, especially at that value. Um, so I, I like I like him too. Cooper would be my third favorite receiver in terms of value on the Cowboys this year. Okay, I think over you got you got DD over him too. In, in terms of value, I mean, if I, you had if I had to pick yeah. one for one pick, of course not. Uh, AJ Brown actually fell in our draft chase in round six. I thought he fell a little bit. I liked him where he got picked. I didn't, didn't have a pick yeah. in that area. Yeah. Um, but there's a handful of guys that are just all kind of bunched together. Um, I would look, I agree that Odell is set for a bounce back here. I didn't quite get a chance to take him. And then other than that, there's other guys I would, would really, was really just passing on at, at points where you're not sure. Cause I felt like a lot of number team receivers, they're the two receivers on, the NFL teams, and then it's hard to make the move on some of those guys. Yeah. I mean, I like, I mean, both Seattle receivers, I mean, I, they seem, seem like they're returning, going to return some value at that level. Um, you know, Marque- Marquise Brown, like Baltimore's tough. He put on weight too. He, I think he might be a, a surprise. He, he put on some pounds. So yeah, he's a tiny guy and he's a speed guy. But I think he put on something like 20, 25 pounds in the offseason. So it'll be interesting to see. Up to 170. <laughs> it'll be interesting to <laughs> see what he, what he does. Yeah. Um, 
But, you know, you kind of like that. I mean, even if he, he loses a step, he you know, can still be a big dude. So AJ Green's kind of a weird one. Where, where do you, what do you guys feel about what do you guys feel about him? Is that like don't draft? I mean, I'm kind of in the don't draft camp, but yeah. I forgot about him. And then he went our draft. I was like, oh man, he's still there. And yeah, but <laughs> I, I I try to stay away from teams that have crowded wide receiver fields, especially not having a, a one. I mean, Boyd had a really good year last year. I eyed him a little bit, but yeah. just couldn't pull the trigger. Green's back. You know, John Ross. T. Higgins, there's just a lot of people there. I think Boyd's going to get the most run, especially early in the season. But, but who knows? Who knows how that all shakes out? I'm going to make uh, a live transaction here while we're while we're doing this because I started looking at some stuff. Uh, get pick up Brian Edwards um, from the Raiders because uh, Henry Ruggs is their number one now with uh, Tyrell Williams out for the year. Well, good luck with that. <laughs> yeah. And I think this year, this year will be interesting. I think there's a lot of good um, rookie wide receivers. And so I think there's a good opportunity for those guys, whether it's Ruggs, CeeDee Lamb. Um, you know, uh, there's, there's a lot of opportunity for, for some of these guys that you can get deeper because people don't like to take them. Um, that will bring you, you know, wide receiver two, three type value. Um, much later, and so it's you know a, a good opportunity there for some folks to do it. Doesn't, uh, doesn't all of that uh, Raider nonsense just help my boy uh, Hunter Renfro? I guess. Legend, oh yeah, for, the for sure helped him. Who the, uh, you guys have a you have a favorite rookie receiver, or who you think is going to be the best? Let's say best for fantasy purposes, since we are talking fantasy. I kind of, I, I kind of like Jerry Judy a lot, but. Uh, I'm, I'm still not 100% on Drew Locke, um, but I think you know they, they've they've had a good track record with wide receivers and, and quarterbacks. So you know I, I think he probably has a good chance. Rugs, I like. I just don't trust uh, Derek Carr that much. Ugh, I don't know. And but in Vegas, who knows? They they might be trying to be flashy and stuff. And he's obviously a great A talent. So uh, you know there's good potential for him. I have no clue. But it all depends on, on on the quarterbacks too, and how well they play. I mean, if you look at Rugs, Judy, and CD Lamb, like people are really high on Dak. I'm not. Uh, Derek Hart, I'm not. Drew Locke, no. Like you know, those are three really good rookie rookie wide receivers. But do you really trust the guys that that are throwing them the ball? And you know, in, in Dallas, there's a lot of mouths to feed, so I think that hurts CD Lamb. Otherwise, I think I'd have him a lot higher. Um, so yeah, it's, it, it's definitely interesting, but you know, last year you look at the guys like Nicole Hardman and, and some of those guys that you took later that you could think about taking later, they never really came about until maybe later in the season. So you just got to keep your eyes on them and, and, and make sure that, uh, you know, they're still staying in the mix and they're not losing snap counts and stuff. So that come later in the year, they have a chance to, to shine or if there's an injury, they step up and they're in. So I'm going to go, yep. I'm going to go Michael Pittman. Oh, it took the words out of my mouth. There you go. <laughs> I, that's what I was going to go with. Uh, so I guess that's the end recruited consensus, Michael Pittman. Well, two out of three anyway. Well, uh, it fits and, with what Jason wants to say. He's got a quarterback that you know will just toss the ball up. Yeah, you know Rivers going to throw the ball. He's not afraid to chuck it, and uh, <laughs> whether it's to, to his team or the other team. And, and so I think between Pittman, um, 
and uh, Ty, they have a good combo of of people to throw to, and yep. yeah, Paris, Rivers will chug it. Paris Campbell's still there too, right? He's a pretty yeah. good player too. Yeah. So. I don't know. It should be interesting. It should be fun. Uh, should be fun to fun to see what happens there. So, is there anything else you guys are? I mean, I don't know how much help we've been here with wide receivers. What what, what can we? Uh, what can we do to help the community here? Where 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 could we go? I mean, shoot, like pretty, or, take pretty take stock. Christian take Christian Kirk ahead of uh, Jamison Crowder if, if you're if you're looking at the same list I am and Debo Samuel and Sterling Shepard. Uh, take Will Fuller ahead of a lot of guys on this list as long as he can stay healthy. I got Will Fuller over Marquise Brown. What do you think? You got Fuller yeah, or Cooks. I would rather have Fuller. It's just a matter of him staying on the field, but. When you're drafting at that point, aren't you just straight? I feel like I'm straight looking for the upside. I'm looking for the guy I can plug that's gonna could put up the 20, 25 points that can win a week yeah. instead of the guy that's gonna be like consistent at like ten, right. eight or ten. I do like and those I think, guys more than than Hollywood Brown, um, just because Baltimore, you know, Lamar's gonna Lamar talks a little more more than um, than what's his name in Houston. So I, I think there's an opportunity for the ball just to be thrown around a little bit more and and not as many. Talking run with Deshaun, so yeah. Devonte Parker, are we staying away from him? I always feel like, I mean, so he comes. I off think of he'll like, be right. He comes off of the what the dominating last like seven games last year, right? Yeah, and, and he, he was so highly care? touted as a rookie and didn't really perform, and then you know you didn't really have anybody throwing him the ball. Uh, so you know, once again, it comes to is, who's throwing him the ball. Is uh, who who is their quarterback? Fitzmagic. Or is it yeah, gonna go he's to- supposed to be back. Yeah, yeah. Fits him over over Tua. Over Tua. It just seems like a lot of these guys have like another second guy, a second good receiver. So you can't bank on you know. There's two pretty even receivers in in the stable. So you're not banking on who's going to be better. And then you got to make the make that bet, right? Uh, I guess Terry, Terry McLaurin is up there, I would uh, say. That's scary, Terry. That's, yeah. that's a good pick. Uh, Calvin Ridley, it, you know, even though he's good got offense. Julio, I think he's projected in a good offense to get a lot of touches. That's like the Woods, guys. Robert Woods, Cooper Cup, good offense. Good yeah. enough offense. I mean, um, what's really on the day. Yeah. yeah, like Cortland Sutton, not a great offense, but, you know, I'm not stands. on Cortland Sutton that high. That's That's an overdraft for me. Yeah. Why he won't so, end up on? I, he's just the guy that's not going to end up on a on a team of mine. I don't think. I also moving towards moving towards tight ends. I, I you know Jason brought up something pretty valid that I tend to look at. I feel like I always end up with multiple tight ends, maybe because I see more value. A lot of the tight ends these days are just as good as receivers, so I I don't mind playing a tight end in my flex and I typically just end up that way. I mean I'll. I'll get a tight end. I think they're better than some of those receivers. You know they're going to get the ball, or, or at least be on the field. Um, so, so I ended up, you know, I, I like like those tight ends. They got Darren Waller and Hayden Hurst, and in our league, and pretty happy about that, especially with value. Yeah, you, there's always value in tight ends. Uh, and and like in one of the leagues, advanced that I play in, where it's wide receiver slash tight end, we get three of them. Um, it's, it's something where like, you know, how does Kelsey compare to, or Kelsey or Kittle compared to, you know, the guys that are in that, 
you know, next year, Robert Woods, Cooper Cup, that kind of range. Like, which ones do you kind of prefer? And, and so that's... Titans, Titans get so overdrafted in that league. So but bad. it's, you know, they do provide, they provide value. Like, I, I, you know, I've had Ertz in the past as, like, my wide receiver Titans three. Like, but, to me, that's but the problem. Value. The problem in that league is people are drafting off of a top 300 list that is made for leagues that require you to start a tight end. Right. If you, I mean, that's no, I mean, there's no way that you're going to want to have like, I mean, sure. Like, but you're not going to want to have Waller over like some of the receivers that are drafted around him. Like you're not going to want Waller over like Woods. No shot. No. It's not even, not even close. No, no, no. But just the, the top guys, you know, top couple guys versus that. Two, yeah. Kelsey two, 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 and, two, three. Kelsey and Kittle. Sure. I mean, you're not going to want to drop Zach Ertz where he's at. You're not going to want Mark Andrews. He's going way too early yep. in all drafts, I think. he. I, I'm never going to have him because I feel like he's going too early. I feel he's like that cut off where, that high. I feel like where Waller, where Darren Waller is, like he kind of falls. So, I mean, I think that's a reasonable – I feel like that's where people are – I mean, obviously there's a line drawn after Kittle and then Ertz and Andrews go. And then I feel like some time goes by before Waller goes. So I took Waller in round seven, in the middle of round seven for, for our league, our 10-team league. And um, I picked him over the guy we just talked about, Marquise Brown. Yeah. And I just looked at those years over, let's see, over Edelman and Fuller. Yeah, see, Diggs. like, in, in, our, in our league where you don't have to start a t- tight end, I think I would be apt to draft not Waller. I feel like I would have drafted Fuller there. But, but that said, league, I knew I also knew that I had two more picks coming back, and yeah, I, yeah. I, I ended up picking big, so I knew that I would have another right. any of like pick one of those receivers, right? A lot of but, those guys are kind of toss ups, and what but, tight end would I have if I let him go? But in this league, you do have to start a tight end. I'm right. just telling all those listeners out there that have these wide receiver tight end slash spots yeah make sure that you're getting you know you're you're drafting off of a list that or at least you're thinking about that when you're drafting well who the fuck still um, drafts off a piece of paper like they got apps there's programs there's all this stuff well, that's like value-based but, drafting based on your league's but the, format but the program still if you don't put in the right input you're gonna get the same thing like if you just go stock um and you don't i mean i'm sure the average player is just looking at the you know, top 300 Matthew Berry PPR rankings, and that assumes a general league I, format. I love leagues like that. It's easy money. Is it? Yeah. <laughs> when you're drafting 10 wide receivers. What? Receiver, receiver, receiver? That's <laughs> why oh, I buy the book. And, and I mean, matter. if you were in, if you were in our league, you'd get crushed drafting those receivers. Send me the invite. We'll see. I, we'll see. I, I feel like the... Sure. I mean, all this information, it used to be easier to win in fantasy football before. I mean, there is so much information, real-time information out there now that, you know, if you just go by, I mean, if you'd go like straight chalk by the book, you give your, you give your team, you know, a decent shot at winning no matter what. Um, But again, a lot of it comes down to league management and being able to pull the trigger and pick, you know, spend $36 on a tier five running back well that's something that's hugely underrated you have to pay attention to free agents especially in football if you think the team that you drafted is going to be your team at the end of the year you are sadly mistaken because 
there are going to be pickups throughout there. There's going to be injuries. There's going to be bi-week replacements. You need to make sure you have that squad and the depth and, and be able to pay attention and, and swap people out if they're not getting, you know, if they're not getting snaps early or something, you have to be able to, you know, cut bait with them. You can't just say, all right, I'm going to keep this guy because he's a name because yeah. you'll, you'll run it. You'll run yourself into the grave every single year. And you'll be like, why am I never making the playoffs? Or am I never winning? It's like Larry Fitzgerald. Be ready to be able to cut Larry Fitzgerald when he's not getting footballs. <laughs> just because his name is Larry Fitzgerald. It's going to perform. But he's been doing it for 17 years. But he still catch the ball, though. Oh, he and can't. He, He's standing he, out there. I, I got, I got him over me for sure. <laughs> <laughs> what do you now, think, Sammy? Sammy Watkins, maybe not. Let's go. Let's go a little deeper in tight ends and, and kind of play around with this a little bit. Uh, what do you think of the Gronks and the TJ Hawkinsons and, and Noah Fans, Johnny Smith, Dallas Goddard, like some of these guys that are. You know, borderline tight end ones could be tight end twos because they're they're outside that top twelve, so to speak, of the rankings. Uh, are those people that you're taking a flyer on? I know Chris, you said you like to have two tight ends. Are you trying to get two guys in the top twelve, or or you have one that you take a little flyer on? I don't think it's necessarily top twelve because I mean we're in a one tight end league, right? You have to play one tight end, so you figure people are going to look. This is what going to look at. You get one somewhere. So if you look at 12, after 12, I think a lot of people kind of turn off uh, to an extent. I mean, people want to get a backup maybe, or, you know, there's a guy who they, they like. Um, but I think there's some value because after you look at a third wide receiver, you're getting third wide receivers getting picked on a team, right? On like a given NFL team. So you got a third wide receiver, or you can go to a number one tight end on a team that you think is going to get the ball. Um, I, I might end up having a guy who's in the top 12, which I guess if you look at what I did, I got Waller and Hurst. So the list I'm looking at has Waller at five, Hurst at nine. I didn't pick Hurst right away. I waited a while and then, you know, I thought his value would, cause he's going to be their main tight end target. I, this year, I feel like if I don't get Kelsey or Kittle, I'm going to end up with Punt. one tight end on my roster and it's going to be whoever's left at the end. Similar to like, similar to like just before kicker defense. So and you would just wait. Yeah. And I like that strategy. And, and what I've done in years past too, is after you get a couple games under your belt, you start seeing which teams can't defend the tight end and you take a flyer on that person in, in the waiver pool, if they're you know available and it might be, you know, somebody that's deep in it, like a tier four, tier five guy, but they're tight end one on that team. And guess what? They're going to get the looks. They're going to get the balls because scouting is, is so advanced right now. They know every single weakness, every single detail. They're going to capitalize on that. And it, it like, what was the last year or the year before people just lit up the Cardinals, like every tight end lit up the Cardinals. And so it's like, whoever Cardinals are playing, take that other tight end. I mean, there's definitely an argument that can be made for that. And there's also an argument. I mean, every year there's, I don't know. It seems like there's at least one or two tight ends that come from maybe, you know, the bottom 18 or, you know, after after tight end 18 preseason that find their way up into the top 10. I feel like there's always, you know, there's always quite a bit of movement. Like you can find something yeah. Um, early Yeah, there's on. for sure top tight ends that will be on the list, you know, may, maybe as low as around the, in the 20s. They're going to be, you know, top top 10 tight end. 
Um, like I would go a different route. I, I Jason's going the DraftKings week to week route. I like that. Um, it's a good. I think it's a good strategy if you just punt the position and then you're playing the week to week. I would actually, even if I didn't, you know, I, I wasn't, I ended up with Waller. I wasn't sitting on Waller like, oh, I really want to pick him. I just happened to like him at where I was at. And I positionally, I was like draft position. I was never in a spot really for a Kelsey or a Kittles or, or even Andrews Ertz. So I, I just would look at it as even if I didn't get a couple of those, any, any of these guys, I would probably shoot for, still shoot for two tight ends later, even if they were more flyers. Just, just to see, hey, these guys have upside, right? That I think could be pretty good if they got if they got in the book slotted in the right spot. Jay Sternberger, Green Bay, I would I would put him on my like flyer list. I mean, he's a last pick, right? He's not. I'm not going anything over last pick. I think he's probably a free agent. Right? Yeah, they all you know, are from like uh, Eric Ebron. Dallas Goddard, Goddard to tight end or a free agent in our league. Gasecki. Uh, I think Jack Doyle just got dropped. And people probably are taking names more so than in some of those guys. You, you look at this list and you got Greg Olson at 24. You got Kyle Rudolph at 26. You got Jimmy Graham at 30. Tyler Eifert, 32. Like these are names that tight ends of the past, right? You know, they are gone. So. You know, even those guys, once you, once you pick them up, you can't drop them. I know that's a name. (laughs) (laughs) Can't drop the name. Well, I I like, I didn't, I just noticed Eric Ebron. He's in Pittsburgh now. That's a really good spot for, for him. I was So he's, he could have a big year. That's assuming Ben's back, but they still got Vance McDonald too. So we're kind of, yeah, you know, John, John Smith, TJ Hawkinson. I mean, those guys could be, John, who stepped up big at, at the end of the year last year, so I think he he could be an, uh, an undervalued kind of sleeper type that could easily give you top top tier value. Blake Jarwin, baby, that's where it's at. Go get everyone out there. Go pick up some Blake Jarwin. The win they're pu- they're saying they're pumping him that the that they really like him, but it, you already got three good receivers. How many catches do you think Jarwin is gonna gonna get? He doesn't need he doesn't need very many. I mean, how many how many catches are any of these guys gonna get? Forty. I mean, so. Oh, you get five a game. That's not. That's not a lot. That's Who's five. getting five a game? <laughs> Who's getting five a game on this list? That's a lot. That I don't five think, a game is I don't too think, much. I don't think anyone above Waller, below Waller, is getting averaging five a game. Higby, no. Five a game. If it, if they use them the same way, he was getting seven eight a game last year. Hurst is in the ballpark. Yeah, Cooper probably does. He had, games. he had games with seven or eight. Right. So then the other game, he only needs two or three to, to have five a game. Which right? he doesn't get. I don't, I'm not on Higby. I don't know that he'll continue but with what he did last year. But if you watch, if it was the last, I don't know, pick the end of the season when he played, he was a number one tight end. I can't even see. So he, so he played in all the games. Oop. So he played in all the games. Wait, no. He played in 15 of the games. 60. It's close. Seven. Yeah, that's at the end. The beginning of the season, he wasn't doing anything. Yeah, but he was on the field, so stop. <laughs> yeah. But that's, you know, those are the types of guys you get. He had just, he had like four and a half a game. 
There you go. Here, yep. four yep. catches, two catches, four, three, three, one, one, three, zero. And then starting in week 12, five, seven, seven, Boom. 12, nine, eight. Sick. Sick. Yeah, eight weeks of fucking garbage. I know. That's what I'm, well, they weren't using them. That's why, that's why I say it depends if they're going to use them the same way they were using them at the end of the year. I'm not sold on that myself, but I could see making a point. How many times are you going to be sitting watching Sunday football and, and yelling at your TV to be like, hit Witten, hit Witten. He's back, right? <laughs> like, I, uh, I can't do it. So He's wide open. Yeah. <laughs> on the side. I, like, I don't know that Witten ever – does he ever really get wide open? He kind of just boxes guys out. Yeah. He runs when the, no one covers the stick. Him, you know? Yeah. You know, it's like the shout out to Gunderson. It's like the, I don't understand why they just don't hit my running back in the flat on every play. He's always open. Get him 15 <laughs> drafts. He could, but the, the average yardage gain is about one. I don't understand what what are they doing? He's open on first down. He's open every time. Just dump it off all day. I will plug. I will put a plug in for Warren Sharp. If you guys have not heard of Warren Sharp, I highly recommend that you follow him on Twitter and listen to, or I guess read his uh, his stuff. He's a, I guess I would call him a uh, an analyst. That, uh, that novel you showed me. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the book. If <laughs> if you have a lot of time, you can buy his book. I would I would recommend the book. I don't, you don't need it to draft your fantasy team, but it's a really awesome football book, all about analytics. And um, it's like Sharp Football Analysis. I believe it's sharpfootballanalysis.com. Uh, at Sharp Football, he'll t- he tweets really good stuff. And I know some NFL teams hire him. It's all it's all analytics based, all numbers based. But he's, he puts some stuff out that's really interesting to read about what teams should be doing and you throwing the ball on first down versus running the ball and when you should be doing that. So uh, the reason I brought that up is that you throwing the ball to your running back on first down is, is what he would say is a winning proposition, I believe. Um, and the analytics back it up. But the question is, is it schemed or is it just drop down and then, or how are they playing you? Um, all I, I feel like, really I feel like the only, the only way that it's like a, the only way that profitable proposition is when it's not schemed. Well, you didn't. What about the Patriots and James White, Brady and White? That's a whole drive, and James White is five for five on catches with sixty yards and a touchdown. Yeah, but a large portion of that is he's lining up. He's not always lining up in the backfield for that, right? But he, it's still he's still the running back, and it's still schemed. It's not out. It doesn't. I don't believe it has to be out of the backfield. You're still the running back because you're on the field. Because you being on the field as a running back would bring a certain type of player into the game on defense, right? Versus five wide or, you know, or tight ends. But that's why you'd have Gronk at tight end. You know, they come out, they come out in the three tight end set and then Gronk splits out wide and you only, you don't have the coverage on them. Yeah. I I understand the, the mix and match, you know, having versatile players and being able to, to win that matchup. And that's definitely scheme. But I'm saying like a lot of the times that, you know, that five or six yard first play, it works because the defense is expecting, you know, they're covering something different or they come out of a certain formation that that like, you know, panic swing pass or whatever check down actually works because defense falls back, guys open in the flat, 
little flip out there. But when you actually try to run it as part of your, you know, offense, I get the Patriots are a different animal, which they probably won't be able to be quite as much this year. But who knows? Yeah. All right, guys. Well, thanks for listening. If you have those questions about maybe pick at player A or pick player B, shoot them over. We'll give you our opinion. They probably don't match each other, so you might get through who's better player A or player B and but we'll try to answer them we'll try to not get into too many arguments amongst each other ourselves <laughs> over your questions just go wide receiver over running back every single time it'll be fun yeah yeah so jason's number one tip is all wide receiver and just scramble for the running backs i will be um, taking chris thompson with my fab and laughing all the way to the bank and uh i guess advance for anybody yeah um not really no i think we've i think we've pretty much covered it but i do like the shout out to uh to sharp and i think we should uh we should make that a goal to try to get him to make an appearance maybe for like episode 50 when we start uh breaking down next year's uh fantasy football draft I think we're gonna need a lot more viewers i'm pretty sure that he <laughs> he doesn't say who he works with in the nfl um, but I think I, I, one of wins would be a high probability just based off of the way he speaks about their play calling. And it's amazing right. how one, how your brother could be such a terrible play caller and you could be such a good play caller, you know, as a, as a football coach, that's just one of those amazing things in life. Right, Jason? Yeah. Look at the Grudens. Perfect example. Yeah. Right. Jim Harbaugh <laughs> is going to sit so, on the sidelines, either- can't call plays worth a, Anything. John uh, Harbaugh actually knows when to call the right. It's not so much I, when I say play calling. I don't mean like I guess you know he does call pretty bad specific plays, but I mean the when you should be, for example, going for it on fourth down or what type of play you should be running based game on management. the the analytics and situation and game management. So yeah, ask Pete Carroll what happened in the Super Bowl. Maybe he'll uh, replay that a gazillion times and still throw the ball to Marshawn Lynch. <laughs> not pound the ball to Marshawn Lynch. Just throw it. Just throw it. Yeah. Is was uh, Pete Carroll having flashbacks of running uh, Lindell White up the middle on fourth and one? That's what it was. Probably. And then, then that carried over into the Super Bowl. So that all it or, all ties back <laughs> to that Texas or Reggie Bush and and Leinart and trying to push in and just yep. couldn't do it. It it probably all ties back. Those things stay with you forever. And you know if if they can if. It, Make the make the touchdown. You're the hero. If they don't, you're the you're the uh, scapegoat, right? See how shameless I am to plug the 2005 national championship right there. Yeah, Hook them horns, baby. Move Hook them horns. <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks for listening, and we're gonna be working on a few guests coming up. So we'll be expanding the, I guess the topics a little bit further and into some more sports business topics, sports analytics topics, and financial topics. Uh, Again, find us on Instagram at Unrecruited Podcast and Twitter at Unrecruited Pod, and we'll see you next time.